0: welcome to absolute destiny a podcast i'm autumn
1: and i'm chesney
0: and this is a show where we are going to watch the utana series and and review it but there's a twist here i am a decade and a half or something like that long fan of this show of all things utana i've seen the movie i've read all the manga like even the musicals like I am a super fan uh my friend Chesney here has never seen an episode (laughs) so like at the moment we are recording this intro she still has not seen the first episode nope so
1: (laughs) I've only seen bits and pieces of the intro and that's it really
0: yeah she's seen enough to do like a sound check and that was yeah. it. So, <laughs> um, I have. I'm just like really glad that you agreed to do this. But why did you agree to do this?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm down to do almost anything as long as it's. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, down to do almost anything as long as it's. Um, not going to get me in legal trouble. Um, <laughs> <so>
0: <laughs> <laughs> plus, that is a uh, very low bar to clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and plus, I'm a you know a big fan of anime. Um, I've watched it for um, most of my life, um, and this is one that had always been um, talked about um, throughout my high school years um, and into college, and uh, it was just kind of like in the peripheral around me. And I, um, always wanted to check it out, but just hadn't had the step or urge to like the final push to do it. So this was the final push too. So I'm really excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. So for the listener for background here, uh, Chesney and I met through a mutual friend. We were both slated to be in her wedding party and then, um the the and big then a thing pandemic happened
1: happened <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh and so um but like that's how we met we've been in the same like friend group chat for over a year now and yeah it has turned into like anime watch parties and oh, all sorts of stuff like that but this mm-hmm. show is one that has just been like lingering out there that like me uh Carly, our mutual friend, Jess, like everyone in the group chat has been like, oh my gosh, you have to see it. And <laughs> this is her chance to see it. So I I am overjoyed that you are taking this journey with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that, I, I think of myself as kind of like a Nutaina evangelist. Like I am always on the lookout for people I can I can show this the series too
1: (laughs) i love that that's such a good descriptor and evangelist
0: so for listeners who don't know what we're talking about first off hi i'm glad you're here how did you even find us um um, utena is a show that premiered in 1997 um and this show it is kind of like a. Um, it brings together an, like some fantastic talent. Um, Chiho Saito did the manga, and um, Kunihiko Ikuhara is the director of the show itself. Um, Saito has a, a number of other credits. Um, Ikuhara, as a director. Definitely has a look and a style. Um, <laughs> if anyone watching is a fan of Sailor Moon, he is the one who directed the uh, the much acclaimed season or the S series, and you know all the stuff with Neptune and uh, Uranus, um, the Outer Senshi, all of that. The absolute batshit crazy uh like monsters that they fight in that season are his brainchild and if you watch that show and this one you can definitely see like the visual continuity um to some of like the monsters of the week and what shows up in utana
1: all those race car monsters
0: Yeah, so, (laughs) so, listener, um, Chesney does not know the context of the race car yet. (laughs) Mm -mm. Um, She doesn't have any background on the car stuff, Um, but she has seen the meme of, like, the race car monster from uh, from Sailor Moon. So she has that to look forward to, and, and you get to hear us as, you know, as she reaches that point.
1: I'm excited. I can't wait. I didn't even know there was going to be a race car monster feature in this show.
0: <laughs> um, it's not exactly a monster. I mean, uh,
1: we'll see it when we get there. I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's two ways that the car shows up. One of them, like, sure, you you can think of this guy as kind of a monster. He's a bit of a monster. Um, the other is super gay. So
1: amazing. Buckle
0: up for that. <laughs> So if you want to watch along with us and if you've never seen the show before and want to watch along with Chesney, uh, you can follow along with either the sub or the dub. We're going to be watching the sub, uh, but these are available on YouTube on Nozomi Entertainment's user page. And we'll put the link in the description and we'll do that for every episode. We'll link that episode in the description of the podcast and uh, you can choose whether to watch the dub or the sub I personally prefer the sub because some of the direction for the dub is really odd and so the characters are very different from the way that we'll be discussing them sometimes and it'll be different in like some surprising ways I recommend the sub but if you absolutely need to watch it in English go right ahead and do that um If you're going to be watching for the first time, a couple of content warnings, uh, there is domestic violence, uh, sexual abuse, incest, and manipulative and controlling behavior kind of throughout the series. And like, especially up front, there's going to be a lot more of the violence. This show doesn't employ it in like a gratuitous or titillating way. Like it is very clear that what is happening is wrong. So like if the framing of it is important to um, how you consume it, that's a a key point to know is that the show will always be treating this as if it is a a wrong that is being committed against the characters. And it is about the way that they cope with that and deal with that moving forward, less about, uh, you know, making it, hardcore or interesting to the audience in some way like this is about how do you deal with those kinds of traumas um so i just wanted to put that out there in case this is brand new to you the way it is for chesney um you know i've disclosed all of this to chesney ahead of time like she knows (laughs) what she's getting into um but yeah this is uh This is what you would want to know. We'll put the link in the description for the episodes uh, as we go along and you can watch along with us.
1: Yeah. So that's the crazy thing is like when I was uh, dating my partner, we looked online to see if we could find the episodes anywhere and I couldn't find them anywhere. So I'm surprised that they were on YouTube. I guess the search engine just didn't pull it up. That was weird, but I'm glad they're just on YouTube.
0: Yeah, so there's, like, a history with this show of DMCA takedowns, and... Yep. um, Like, if you go looking for it, like, if you Google search it, a lot of the Google search results are DMCA takedowns. Yep. The Nozomi Entertainment one, it shows it as being up for nine years. I'm guessing it has been listed and unlisted, throughout that time because I ran into the same problem like there there were times where I was trying to recommend it to people and it just wasn't available anywhere so I'm guessing it was unlisted for a while right now it is listed again so it's available (laughs) good okay so we're gonna pause now and actually watch the episode because I, I just wanted to record this bit beforehand so that we could capture Chesney's like complete unfiltered experience here. And uh listener, we will be right back. All right. So that was episode one.
1: That was a lot. Like they cram a ton into an episode and it goes by so fast.
0: Yeah. Uh, they set up a lot of stuff in this first episode. So
1: I just like, want to get like be- your
0: first impression.
1: This might be the most efficient first episode of an anime I have ever seen. <laughs> like yeah, damn. I mean,
0: you get you get the backstory, like the flashback. Um, you get her you get Utina and her relationship with her friends and the school. and then we set up the whole thing with the student council. And and then we get our first duel even. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it just it just clips
1: right through this. Yeah. I'm impressed. More uh I feel like more animation series should follow in the footsteps of like, all right, we're here, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I, I don't wanna say like it slows down, but there are elements of this that get repeated over time. So yeah. like that That intro flashback and the staircase, um, those kind of become like like rituals in the show. Mm -hmm. Normally, when you have that much filler and like repeated stuff, you think of it in terms of like, oh, that means it's a bad show because they're repeating themselves. They obviously don't have the budget, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. This show is famously low budget, but also... (laughs) each time those elements reappear is an opportunity for them to change something subtly and, and twist it a little bit um, to make it unique for that episode. And so like when they do the flashback again with um, Utana in the graveyard uh, and all of that, it'll be different sometimes and those differences will matter. And mm-hmm. It's just like such a, an interesting twist on the idea of reusing elements of a show where, like, like I said, it, like it takes on like this ritual quality to it. Um, yeah. Where we're like, oh, we're at this point of the show again. And it prepares you for it. It's like, like we're entering the dueling space with Utena, you know. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to that when we talk about the duel. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear what is your impression like overall of the episode?
1: well uh i like (laughs) i like how this is um or appears to be one of those uh anime where it's like where are the teachers where are the where are the staff where are the faculty in this school because oh oh, for sure like there's (laughs) this is one of those anime where it's like just straight to the point of yeah yeah they go to school whatever whatever anyway back to what we want to talk about
0: (laughs) yeah oh yeah no like in In this episode, we have one of the rare appearances of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we're gonna see it, we're gonna see a teacher, a couple teachers again in like a Mickey episode and one in a jury episode. And that's pretty much it. Adults are almost non-existent at, in like the experience of Atari Academy. Um, I don't I don't know if we ever even see a classroom. Like a proper classroom, um, we we do go into a music classroom at one point, and then like there's like in this episode we saw like the kendo dueling practice room, right. But I don't know if we ever see like a classroom with desks. I I have to think about that one. <laughs> um, oh no, there is going to be one episode where we see um, Utana in a room with desks. <laughs>
1: I know. Um, see, and I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. I was like, yeah, you know, actually, not only do we not see any teachers that like really, we also didn't see her sit at a desk. <laughs> yeah. A Tory Academy is just like
0: that bougie. Like, <laughs> like all they, they do have, is just
1: walk around.
0: <laughs> yeah. We all the classes are outside in the gardens and uh-huh. in the courtyards and classrooms. That's for the proles. <laughs>
1: We do walking classes here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, there's... I ob- Obviously, I like the episode. Um, there's a couple things that I liked already. First of all, I thought the little greenhouse was cute. Um, I also really liked the storytelling technique of the shadow girls. Um, It's... The way that they move is so interesting to me. Because it really for me anyway, makes me question whether they're real or not because they almost look like, um, you know, the shadow puppets that you do, the way that they move, uh, the way that they move reminds me of that. Cause I'm like, they move in almost an unnatural way. It's, I just found it really interesting.
0: Yeah. So for listeners who aren't familiar with the show again, welcome. Uh, this is probably not the best introduction to the show, but, please go watch it. Uh, the shadow <laughs> girls are like the, this like Greek chorus for the show. Um, they kind of represent the, the shadows cast on the walls of the hallways of the school as girls are gossiping about what's going on. Like that's the framing device for like how they appear. Um, and in that capacity, they act as a Greek chorus. They will get weirder as it goes on. So you do have that to look forward to.
1: Oh, man. I can't wait. Yeah, because seriously, the way that they move is unnatural. It really is almost like puppets to me. So it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I I can Um, see that.
1: There's a lot of phallic imagery (laughs) with the show, which is ironic because, you know, they're gay. But...
0: (laughs) Oh, you picked um, up on that, did you?
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm um yeah and it cracks me up how like popular and and how much of like a school idol uh utena seems to be already um so i can only imagine how that unfolds as the story goes along and she kind of you know keeps fighting all these folks
0: yeah put a Uh, pin in that because like utena's relationship to the school is something i want to talk about but keep going okay
1: um the one one of the things that got me was when she opens the door i guess okay so wait actually let me back it up so they're like go to the forest oh yeah the forest that like everybody's forbidden from uh i'll see you there to fight you she we never see the forest at all all of a sudden she's just at a door <laughs> so I was like, uh, why do we see none of the actual, like, forest, like, how she got there and stuff? All of a sudden, she's just at this door portal that, like, transforms, like, a Gundam into a staircase. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, A Gundam? That's what what your brain reached for? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, (laughs) But when she went to open the door and there was, like, this water thing, I was like, where, what happened? Where did the water even come from? Like, where did that droplet even come from?
0: Yeah, so uh, this this relates to the prior point. So I'm, I'm just going to talk about it now. Um, Go ahead. So pay attention to that. This show plays on the whole, like, magical reel as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, a strict fantasy setting or, um, like, a proper isekai where she ends up in another world. It turns mm-hmm. out, like something about this school is just different. And you notice this in the first episode, the way that Utena reacts with surprise to all these weird, goofy, magical things that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) the door in the forest and drawing a sword out of somebody. (laughs) you Right. (laughs) Uh, A castle in the sky. Uh, All these things that happen that are genuinely unnatural and strange she reacts to them as being unnatural and strange so that signals to us as the audience like something is off and also that like utena herself is from a a world or like a part of this world where magic isn't real (laughs) yeah um so like it fits into that magical realism category of She's encountering the, the, uh, the like, uh, I'm blanking on the word. Like, she's encountering, like, this enchanted world for the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely my favorite part of the episode was when, uh, <laughs> uh, like, the castle in the sky shows up and all this stuff starts happening you know he pulls a sword out and she's like well I don't know what's going on but I'm just here to fight you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was definitely my favorite part oh my gosh and then yeah, this, this uh, is character Sa- powered
0: by pure moxie
1: yeah Soundji's um Soundji? Sayonji, Sayonji. his explanation of the castle of like oh just look at that or think of that as a trick of the light a mirage uh and she's like what (laughs) it's right there yeah (laughs) that is a very real mirage
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but again remember that like remember that specific line because that will play a factor later Um, okay Okay, so let's just start from the very beginning, which in sure. this case, since this is the very first episode, let's start with the intro. Mm-hmm. That shit is so gay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so delightfully gay. Yep.
0: Like, there's these longing glances between Anthe and Utena. <laughs> uh, they're, like, laying in this field of flowers, like... <laughs> is pretty gay.
1: <laughs> I know, and every yet- time like, roses unfurl, I'm like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet, there are people, I don't know how they still have this idea, there are still people out there who think, no, they're just good friends.
1: <laughs> okay, alright.
0: <laughs> just, just gals being pals.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, just gal pals, that's it. Oh, um, man.
0: And like, and of course, like the song itself, absolutely kicks, and I love it.
1: Yeah, no, it absolutely does.
0: So then we get this moment—the the the, fla- the first time we ever see this flashback. Um, the flashback to Utana in the graveyard. Um, she has just lost her parents. Uh, like they don't actually say that it's Utena, but like the purple hair or the pink hair. And, um, the fact that it's the main character of the show, it's not hard to draw the link that Utana lost her parents when she was, like, six
1: years old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that that was the case.
0: And they don't ever address it. Like, 14, 15-year-old Utana doesn't actually talk about it at any point. Um... But it is a repeated theme that Utena was orphaned as a kid. And this prince came along and and saved her from despair. And after that, she vows to become a prince herself. Um, He gives her a ring and says, never lose that strength or nobility. And someday this ring will lead you back to me. Um, And the narration calls it an engagement ring. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Dun dun dun! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which again, my point of they they uh, made the point of like, oh well, some might even say it's an engagement ring. I'm like, well, maybe he should have clarified that before he left. <laughs> Yeah, like,
0: there's some questionable consent there when, when we're talking about getting engaged to a six year old,
1: <laughs> right? Uh, wouldn't you want to make sure all the parties know that, that this is an engagement ring? And then also, why are you engaging to a like a child, a literal yeah. child?
0: Yeah, why is why is there a question mark on the end of this sentence?
1: <laughs> exactly. So
0: then we then we get these like long intro shots of. Right, no, actually, uh, first we get Wakaba on the bridge, mm-hmm. referring to Utina as her boyfriend.
1: Yes. Which, I love that.
0: which a lot of like the fandom ships this in their own way. On like the other hand, for me, this reads as like the straightest thing that happens. Like <laughs> Wakaba, like Wakaba is so straight. She refers to Utena as her boyfriend without like even processing what that means.
1: <laughs> yeah, just without skipping um, a beat.
0: And like, because like when, when you're that age and you're talking about someone you have a crush on, you don't speak with that same level of resolve as like a baby boomer referring to uh, their girlfriends <laughs> who oh, are just yeah. their friends who are also women. <laughs>
1: yep yeah Uh. and i will say the show for me it kind of did a little bit of a red herring moment in the beginning with um wakaba because i was i don't know i just have this feeling that she's not going to show up as much in later episodes um kind of seemed like she was just a plot device to kind of get things going um but when they show her on the bridge that is such like a main character shot that I was like, Oh, huh. Well, maybe she'll be featured a lot. But then as the episode went on, I was like, mm, I have a feeling that she'll, she's going to get dropped off at some point. Yeah. She,
0: especially she is with Nancy coming in. Um, she is not a Naru. So, okay. Like she is not sailor moon's friend who disappears after the third sailor scout shows up. Um, Wakaba remains Utana's friend all the way through the end of the series so you don't have to worry about that happening
1: okay Um, interesting
0: which is like a really cool thing about this show um they introduce this best friend character and she stays her friend she stays relevant um but like the bait and switch so for the listener like we were watching this together and uh you actually thought that that was the main character at first right
1: I did. Yeah. Just because of the shot on the bridge and like overlooking, you know, everybody's walking to school. I was like, that's such a main character shot. And then they're like, oh, where's your boyfriend? And she's she runs off to school like the traditional like anime school girl with a piece of toaster in her mouth, you know, like, <laughs> it, even though she didn't have toaster in her mouth, but it was such a traditional main character shot that when the rest of the episode wasn't about, like it quickly transitions to Utana is the main character. And I was like, okay, interesting.
0: Yeah. Wakaba doesn't have protagonist hair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her hair is endearing, but it is not protagonist hair. It's gotta be either white or pink.
0: Yep. So then we start seeing like the shots of the school itself. Um, with the incredibly phallic tower in the center mm-hmm. of the school. Um, that phallic tower is not an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, this show is going to spend a lot of time meditating on masculinity um, and the relationship between Utena and the concept of masculinity. Because like, she talks about being a prince over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. then there's going to be a bunch of dudes who are all trying to do the same thing in their own way. Um, and then... We get the first of those, Sionji, and he makes his mark with a slap right off the bat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he sucks. He super sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He sucks. It's just completely out of nowhere. Anthe's minding her own business, watering flowers in the um, little greenhouse and then just slap and even utana's like whoa that's a little (laughs) this is a little much hey somebody's got to interfere here
0: yeah and luckily toga shows up to do that i want to circle back a second when we first meet utana she is encased in like this halo of light she is the only thing that we can see in this shot um and then finally like the school behind her comes into focus and like I said, like we meet a teacher who is one of the rare ad- sightings of adults that we're going to have on this show. Um, this teacher has a riding crop?
1: Oh, yeah! How did I forget about that? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just casually has a riding crop. Like, at no point do do they
0: establish that um otori academy like we talk about it being bougie but like at no point do they establish that they have an equestrian class you know (laughs) right is this just like for beating the students like what is this for did she forget that like her her bdsm scene ended and now she's dealing with students again like what is this
1: it was not Bring Your Riding Crop to Work Day, so I don't understand why why that happened to come up.
0: Just like just off stage or like just off screen, she's got someone on a leash. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah. Like we have this sighting of this teacher. She's got a riding crop, and um, she refers to Utana as making a fool of her for another term, which genuinely confuses me Utena's relationship to this school is a little muddled in the anime um it's clearer in in the manga and even clearer still in in the movie like in the movie she's a transfer student she just showed up um same thing with like the manga in this it almost seems like She just moved from the middle school to the high school.
1: Right. Because,
0: like, the teachers know who she is already, and she's already worn a boy's uniform last year. Um, But she also doesn't really know anyone except for Wakaba and um, Toga, and she only knows Toga by reference as, like, oh, that's the student council president. Um,
1: Yeah, and she doesn't seem to know a lot about the school, either
0: right right which gives me that vibe of like last year she was in the middle school and now she's in the high school or something like that where oh i haven't been to this section of the school before you know yeah but it is it's never really made clear um for as much plot as they cram into this episode that piece goes unanswered from now on (laughs) <laughs> so okay. make your make your peace with never learning what the deal is there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll probably just settle for that explanation exactly transferred from middle to high school.
0: Um, so w- we talked about Anthe. Um, one of the things that's like very important to note: she's the only dark-skinned character on the show. Yeah. Um, at least so far. And, like, I'm white, you're white. Mm-hmm. I lived in Japan for a while, but not, like, that long. The politics around race and, and color in Japan aren't, like, my wheelhouse. But I do know that anyone who is mixed race tends to be viewed differently especially in Mm -hmm. a school setting um like the friends i made while i was living in japan uh several of them were mixed race and like they told me about their experiences in high school and it was not pleasant um oh wow and so like we have this character who is visibly distinct from others by her skin tone um and it's never made clear what that difference is, like whether uh, whether she has like Indian ancestry or something like that. Like Indian isn't that uncommon there. Um, mm-hmm. So Anthe is the only character who whose skin is a different color, um, and it never really gets commented on in the show, but it is like a really important thing to the fandom yeah because um, like a lot Understandably. of fans yeah like a lot of fans like latched onto that and saw themselves in in that um not necessarily the totality of her experience because like she goes through some really fucked up stuff um but like having that piece of having like a darker skinned possibly mixed race character on the show um has meant a lot to the fandom
1: Right. Having that representation because I don't know. I wasn't watching anime in 97 so I can't speak to how um, like I can't really speak to how much representation um, of people of color there were in anime at that point in time. Uh, But I feel like it may not have been a lot.
0: There are different tropes and there are different you know, racially coded symbols, um, and signifiers that, that artists will use compared to ones that like us animators would do, um, but there are some like phenomenally bad representations of people of color, uh, from a Japanese lens, um, in, in contemporary anime, um, so I just wanted to make note of that. Um, then we get the end of the world speech with the student council, which yeah, <laughs> I'm,
1: I, me. I just want to. Okay. I just
0: want to ask, <laughs> what do you think that is referring to?
1: <laughs> I was like, okay. it was a very much a utenna moment of, okay, well that happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, um. Don't really know what's going on here. Don't know what this is about. I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, going back to Anthony really quick, it bothers me how already. And it's not, it's probably not going to go away, but it bothers me already so much how subservient she is. It just, like, tears at my soul. (laughs) Um,
0: Oh, it should. It absolutely should. I Uh, just
1: don't like any depictions of, like, the very uh, domicile, like, very docile. There we go. The very docile, like, uh, (laughs) depictions of anyone female. I'm like, oh, God, this just hurts me so bad. Please, it's okay to have your own personality and thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I see what the show is doing with like pursuing the very like stereotypical masculine and then like put basically putting masculinity and femininity in these two boxes of like masculinity is assertive and you know standing up for blah 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 and uh doing what's right and you know it's just very like go 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 I want to say like Aries energy um and (laughs) and then uh of the femininity like i said is also put in this box of like being docile um just like the politeness and it's it's really is anti-personified and it bothers me <laughs> I'm like no, oh, no, it, no 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 no
0: i don't like, these, like
1: putting <laughs> it in boxes uh, yeah yeah go ahead
0: yeah like the, the show does that it, it takes these concepts and magnifies them and puts them into characters like characters become these exaggerated ideals um and at the same time that is also played straight like that will be a thing going forward of taking note of how subservient anthea is and like it drives Utena nuts
1: yeah I like guess that's that's gonna be the only thing that's played straight on this show. <laughs> but <Ba-dum- laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist go ahead
0: um, yeah, no, like that is a valid concern to have. Um, uh, the show is in a lot of ways about that conflict, so like okay. it doesn't get brushed aside like she doesn't just like she isn't just like this person forever. um it is about her embodying this really awful version of femininity this like caricature gotcha. of femininity um
1: yeah that's a good way to put it caricature of femininity that's because exactly like at the I same feel. time
0: at the same time like Utina right now is practicing this like caricature of masculinity she's yeah. doing everything she can to signify I'm not a girl, I'm gonna be a prince. Um, and so like, you have these two extremes at this point. Um, so so then we have the love letter um, with the bullying. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, like it is a, this heartbreaking scene where Utina realizes that Wakaba is the one who wrote the love letter. And then totally takes these bullies to task. And then shows up and challenges (laughs) Sionji.
1: Which, good for her. (laughs) I mean, she caught on to that faster than I did. I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I saw just that pan over to Wakaba just totally devastated. I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. The cinematography in this show is second to none.
0: Although... is it still cinematography like i you know what i'm trying to say there the right? framing
1: i guess yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah um okay and now we have the shadow girls
1: mm-hmm. big fan so
0: already as i said before shadow girls are like the greek chorus of the show um and how would you describe their message today
1: Um, honestly, it was very like, almost like two little imps to me because, uh, it's, it was very like tricksy, uh, like, oh, do you know the rules? Do you know the rules? Uh, taunting, um, Utena. That was really the best that I got out of it was, it really just seemed like kind of, (laughs) kind of up to no good in a way that only gossiping girls can be.
0: <laughs> I I read it as like here is Utena charging in without knowing the rules, without knowing the circumstances and uh like is this bravery or stupidity mm-hmm. or a little bit of both? Um like clearly Anthony needs help. She is definitely in an abusive relationship. We witness it firsthand. Um, Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, they reveal right before this, right, that she's engaged to Sionji. Sionji. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, engaged? Y'all are in high school. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. And, And that goes to her title.
0: She is known as the Rose Bride.
1: Yes, yeah. And, so is that just entitled? Okay. So is the engagement only associated with her title, or were they actually engaged?
0: So that's a like a tricky question to answer. Okay. Because um, like we never actually see a character get married on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> but because um, there is going to be one other very important engagement later on but that's going to be quite a ways into the show before we see the other engaged character um no in this case this has that quality of being like idealized engagement um like if you like if you think of if you think of it in terms of like the masculinity and femininity piece being played out, um, you know, like imagine what a high schooler would think engagement involves.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah,
0: you very know, different
1: like, from what it actually is. Yes,
0: right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> th- there's this idealized fantasy about getting married and what engagement means, and the promise of it all, and mm-hmm. it's it's high school, at the yeah. end of the day. Um, <laughs> but also, one of the things that they hint at in in like the student council speech, and then again during the duel, she's engaged to whoever wins the duel. Ah, she's okay. She yeah. is a literal prize. Yeah, um, like going beyond like damsel in distress trope. She is the prize for the competition.
1: Oh, it bothers me. (laughs) It should. It's supposed (laughs) to.
0: (laughs) Believe me, the the show knows exactly how fucked up that situation is. It doesn't just like gloss over it. Um, Yeah. We are setting up the stage right now.
1: (laughs) I do like, though, uh, skipping ahead just a little bit. I do like that um, there's a continuation of character there. It's not like we are truly in this for the long haul because uh, it's not like when Utina wins the duel, uh, you know, Anthe isn't immediately snapped out of it and comes to her senses. Um, this is her character right now. Like she is... This docile, subservient, I'm ready to, to serve you uh, person. Because we see at the end of the episode, she's waiting for Utina at the freaking school gate at, like, midnight. Um. <laughs> it is so dark out. I'm like, how long does this school go for? Um, but she's waiting there. And she's like, oh, yes, I've been waiting for you, like, this whole time. Almost like, um, and I know they did this intentionally, they had to have uh, almost like a maid waiting for their "quote unquote" master to come home,
0: right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're kind of onto something there. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um,
1: but yeah, just that continuation of character. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like a spell put upon her or a curse that's suddenly broken. This is her character. This is what she knows. This is who she is. And it's going to, like I said, we're in this for the long haul. It hopefully will take some time to see some character development and growth. Um, And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, my hope anyway, is uh, for her to snap out of it at the end. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For her to, (laughs) to, I'm really hoping that she'll grow into her own person and outside of this like bride persona that she just totally embraces and doesn't question at all. It seems to me anyway. But yeah, that character continuation is, is key. It's so interesting.
0: So Utena challenges Sionji and now we have our first duel. He, he reacts to the challenge of, Hey, let's fight after school by recognizing, Oh, Utena's another duelist. So we're going to mm-hmm. go fight in the dueling arena. So it is Utena's first time there. Um again like with the magical realism she reacts with shock and surprise at the fact that there is a dueling arena at the school. <laughs> <laughs> that is up a magical flight of stairs that For some reason, you can't see from outside the forest, even though it is clearly tall enough to be seen. Right. (laughs) Um, It's like all these optical illusions and like this weird distortion of space that goes on at Otori Academy. Um, We just see more of that here.
1: Which makes me feel like aliens are involved somehow, by the way. And this is totally... (laughs) unfounded this is a totally unfounded claim but just when you see that reveal of um you know she goes up the stairs and you see that castle that's completely upside down and the guy's like oh it's a mirage there's a trick of the light i'm like that shit looks like a ufo (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) it doesn't help
0: (laughs) it doesn't help that that's like the only 3d animation in the entire show is the spinning castle (laughs)
1: yeah like, with all these blinking they had, lights
0: <laughs> they had enough they had the budget for one like one person to use like like that like this is the 90s so we're talking like the room full of computers to render this and right it's like 42 polygons and <laughs> this is and this is what we get
1: um it's, it's aliens floating, y'all i'm asshole. calling yeah. it now but Dio is an alien or Dios is an alien. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> so she shows up to the duel with
0: a practice sword. She shows up with a boken, and he's got a real sword, but not just any real sword, the sword of Dios, which he draws out of Anthe's chest.
1: As, as one you- does naturally. Yeah, like- <laughs>
0: So when you saw that the first time, what did you think?
1: Again, Utina's re- reaction of, oh, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess this is what goes on here. But really, it was more like, okay, well, this makes sense as to why Anthy's here. But also, like, so this is really a douchebag move of Salji. I don't know why I cannot say his name Right. Sionji, there we go. Uh it's a <laughs> it's a douchebag move of him because he shows up to this duel knowing full well he's already got Anthe, so he's got the bride and the sword. What is Ujina gonna do? She shows up with a wooden sword, like <laughs> <laughs> she's at a disadvantage already. And like in her mind, she doesn't register that um because all she needs is um is <laughs> as you put it her moxie. But <laughs> I'm like any other person in that scenario I think would have turned tail and just walked down those stairs because if somebody just pulls a sword out of like a real sword, out of somebody else's chest you're like all right well clearly i didn't come into this situation with all the cards uh i'm gonna go down to the pawn shop <laughs> i'm gonna go down to the pawn shop and pick myself up a sword real quick so uh we'll see we'll we'll pick this up tomorrow or i'll see you never
0: I'm gonna head to one of those like mall stores that sells katanas
1: <laughs> yes like a oh my gosh
0: if like a barnes every, and
1: noble every- ever sold a sword <laughs>
0: Yeah, like well like every mall in America has that one so that one store that just like sells nerd shit, but also randomly swords. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I say this as somebody who owns a sword, but still
1: (laughs) Love that for you. First of all, every woman should own a sword. But so, yeah, no, it's just the disadvantage that she's thrown into and she doesn't even recognize it. I just, and he knew, he knew she would be at a disadvantage because she's a duelist, like a totally new duelist showing up to this arena. What is she going to come there with? She doesn't know.
0: Right. And like, and he still is like, you know what? Fine. If you show up here wearing that ring, I'm gonna beat you into the dirt (laughs) right (laughs) and like on some level there is that like warrior's respect element of it of like if you show up signifying that you're coming for a fight I'm gonna fight you yeah but (laughs) but also because like on some level, he's not responsible for her stupidity either. Because,
1: <laughs> like, she yeah. just stands
0: and fights with that bokken. Um <laughs> Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, just so, like, not pulling any punches.
0: But, like, but, again, remember what the prince told her. Don't ever lose your bravery. Even mm-hmm. if it means stupidity, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. But, but she's rewarded for it. <clears throat> She's Mm -hmm. rewarded for it. She shows that bravery. She stands and fights. And then we come to the climax of the duel. Where she attacks him with a broken sword. And still wins because she has the power of Dios on her side. Apparently. Apparently, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which... Already, if we want to analyze the whole Dios thing, I mean, I feel like just some shows do this in general where they use Dio or Dios, uh, and that means, you know, God or all-powerful or gods. Um, so already alluding to, like, this... Omni- <laughs> like, ever-present, uh, all-powerful power that you don't... We don't see, you know, you kind of well, I do at least, kind of assume that the prince that uh, saves Utena in the beginning is probably Dios. Uh, but it's just that he's always mentioned, but never there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, like, because you pointed out the name, of course, like, now I'm just thinking Konu Dioda!
1: <laughs> exactly. From, jo- from JoJo's. <laughs> absolutely Uh, yeah and (laughs) that's the thing too it's like dio dio's like you always think of this all-powerful figure
0: but yeah and like in this show that is kind of how he comes off like as an all-powerful deity from the sky
1: yep aliens of course because
0: like he shows up when Utena is grieving um just out of nowhere and then 10 years later not having aged a day, shows up to help Utena with her fight. Like, he's still like a boy, kind of. Um, maybe a teenager, you know? And shows up, comes down from the, the castle, helps her out, and disappears again. hmm So he does kind of have that, like, miraculous helper quality to him.
1: I'm telling you, he's a, he's either an alien or he's like an elf. We've already got the forest <laughs> thing going on. So he could be a forest elf living in an upside-down castle. We just don't know.
0: So you already mentioned this earlier. Um, after the duel, like, Utena wins. Uh, she calls Sionji senpai instead of yes. being more familiar with him. Uh, and so... He realizes, like, oh, the engagement is broken. And now she's with Utena. Totally not gay at all.
1: (laughs) It felt like the the one little bit of, like, revenge or spitefulness that she was allowed to have. But I love that for her.
0: Keep watching for those moments. Because, like, underneath that, like, she's got, like, that 50s housewife kind of thing. Mm -hmm. where she's got the Stepford Wives smile to her, but at the same time, she's also got that bottle of arsenic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like this is one of those moments where we see that side of her glimmer out for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she's waiting for Utena outside her, her dorm and that's it. That's the end of the episode.
1: There was one other thing right at the end of the duel. We get that shot of Toga. Uh, oh, and yeah, he, yeah. he lets the audience know that, Oh, now he, he's keeping an eye out on Utana, and he's got a crush on her.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Dude is spying on everybody,
1: (laughs) which, by the way, love his spy getup. That was absolutely hilarious
0: with his opera glasses and
1: (laughs) (laughs) the bougiest spy to ever spy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then we finally have the outro, which Mm -hmm. um, in this, like, at the in the intro, we see all of like the Utena and Anthe stuff of them making eyes at one another, um, fighting alongside one another. And then for the outro, and we're not going to talk more about this until like, there's a new end credit scene, but like, yeah, for the outro, uh, we've got this like dual bride scenario going on where they're both with Dios of all people. Yeah. And that makes up a large portion of the time of the of the runtime of, of the, uh, the end credit sequence is this one image of the two of them both being brides, which we don't get to see Utena in a dress outside of the intro and outro.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Like, I don't know what to make of that necessarily.
1: I think the point that the um, like the fairy tale story in the beginning of Utena, um and you know her engagement with the prince on the white horse, to me, it all just implies like the intro that that fairy tale story and the outro. It implies that Dios's will for her was like, to maybe to be engaged to fill that bride role as well for him, but. She's not. She grew up to be something else. To She grew up wanting to be something else. You know, idolizing uh, the person that saved her, you know, whether it was mentally, emotionally, or like physically saving her. Um, but idolizing him to the point where she wanted to embody him as opposed to wanting to be with him. So it's, I, I like the shot at the end of her and Anthony being the bride, because it's so interesting. It's in such juxtaposition to who she actually is.
0: That is, I didn't really think of it that way. That's, that's a really cool take on that. Thanks. So, so we had like the end sequence, like the preview for next time. What is your preview for next time? What do you think the show is going to do next?
1: I think the mouse is going to run the whole show. <laughs> 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 uh, no. Um, the mouse is I named Choo Choo, su- by the way. Oh, I love that. Bless Choo Choo. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I was surprised to see G got it right this time i was surprised to see him back again so early like he's really fiending to i don't know win back his bride or um (laughs) just be in the spotlight maybe maybe a little bit of both um i feel like normally again and maybe this is just you know the arc or whatever trope of animes today that i'm more used to but uh normally it would take a few episodes of build up you'd see him like Peering around a corner and like going grr at the camera. (laughs) Uh, Just generally like pouting and uh, planning and plotting his revenge uh, as he looks on upon the happy couple or whatever. Um, But yeah, I was surprised to see him back so soon. Um, (laughs) I don't imagine that his fate will be any different from this duel. Uh, but I'm just interested to see what the overall dynamics of the episode are going to be like. Because to me, it almost, like, that is a footnote to me. Like, him coming back, I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. I want to know what the heck this (laughs) relationship dynamic between Utena and Anthy is going to be, because I can't imagine Utena's, like, ever dealt with anything like this before. Like, sure, she has the admiration of a lot of the... Um, girl population of their school, but she's never had someone be like at this level of devotion. At least I don't think so. The show hasn't alluded to that. But um, I mean,
0: have any of us had that? Like, no. <laughs> like, that is that is a that is a deeply uncomfortable position to be in to have someone that devoted to you. Like, yeah what even is like i have a hard enough time running my own life how am i supposed to run two
1: right oh <laughs> uh, man i was this is bad i was gonna say how are you gonna explain that to the parents and i was like oh she doesn't she doesn't have any there's no explanation. Oh, too needed. soon <laughs> <laughs> it was literally that mental moment of how is she gonna like sneak down by her parents <laughs> like not even a joke i had already forgotten that she, yes she is an orphan that is a whole big thing about her plot her character development and the plot of the show oh good lord but like here's the
0: this is a wild tangent to go on at the end of the show here but like on that orphan thing okay yeah so she lost her parents who has taken care of her for the last 10 years
1: right was she just living on the street like where is she, where where does she go when she's not on school grounds
0: how did she afford to go to a tory academy as an orphan like did yeah. she get adopted by rich parents like what is this
1: is it like a harry potter scenario where like
0: we <laughs> her will never left find her,
1: out. Left her <laughs> we will never
0: find out because adults don't exist on this show we will never find <laughs> the answer to that
1: Man, that's more of a burning question for me than anything else is, what the heck were you doing in in between? How did you get here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Oh, so that was the first episode. That was The Rose Bride. Um, Next episode is For Whom the
1: Rose Smiles. Ah. So, man, we have that one. I really can't. (laughs) I really can't wait to see the, like, seriously, I'm so excited to see the dynamic unfold. I think that's going to be the most interesting part about the next episode for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so where can folks find us out there on the internet?
1: So if you're looking for us as individuals, we both have um, our own accounts. I'm pretty much carcutie on everything, which is K-A-R- q-u-e-u-e-t-i-e that's on twitter um instagram uh tiktok (laughs) visit that one at your own risk uh and i also do streaming on uh twitch under that username and
0: i am life in neon one word um that's where i'm at on twitch and on twitter
1: and then for the podcast, um, you can send in your questions and comments to Absolute Destiny, a podcast at gmail.com. Um, because we're keeping things spoiler free for me. I'm probably not going to be able to check that one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think autumn is gonna have to be looking at most of the content. To yeah, sure I'm, gonna I'm gonna be pre-reading
0: spoiled. any of the emails that come in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we also have a Twitter account, which is Zeta Unme pod.